Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, that's the one. All right, welcome back to How I Met Your Mother. Wait, no, that's the wrong. No, how, not how. Oh, please don't sue us. Um, is, have we made it yet? Yes, Podcast, sir. Uh, episode four. Uh, episode four. And uh, it's quite a big, well, it's, actually, you know, is it a big day? It's kind of, well, kind I of. guess a bunch of stuff happened in the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl did happen. Uh, Trump impeachment, Iowa caucuses, you know, uh-huh. just the downfall of Western civilization. Other than that, other than that. Um, but yeah, so again, my name's Josh Yang. And I'm Lucas Singh. And this is the Have We Made It Yet podcast. Lucas, have you made it yet? Uh, we took some steps forward yesterday, mm-hmm. but with everything, it always comes back to. So no, I have not made it yet. Okay. But Mr. Josh Yang, have you made it yet? I have not made it yet, mm-hmm. and I kind of, you know what, after doing the the kind of the big theater show, um, I am I am a bit on a down, on a down as well. It's kind of like, oh, I had this big thing I'm looking forward to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's something that's like, okay, I feel like what I'm doing is leading to something, yep. did it, it was a success, mm-hmm. but now that I'm off of it, now I don't really have a kind of like a big thing to look forward to a big project to look forward to yeah yeah yeah. so i guess now is a bit of like okay now i gotta kind of like reassess my um expectations now figure out something else to to set as an objective and um yeah like you've been talking a little bit about that yeah yeah so um what i messaged you earlier today like we were just talking about like different topics we could talk about today and um i was just actually listening to another podcast called feeling asian Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, that one. and they're. Um, I mean, they got some pretty cool guests on there and everything. But their main thing that they always do at the top of their show is always, you know, how are you feeling, Brian? Mm. That's one of the co-hosts' name, Brian. Yeah, and he just goes on about how he's feeling, about how his therapy is going, about yeah. any new insights that he has, and everything like that. So, I'll be honest. Just you know, like last week we were just talking about like your show and everything like that which was amazing yeah and also last week i also had a really big audition for a um for a future movie that you know i would have really really liked to be on and everything yeah you're really prompt to uh to get that opportunity you saw yourself like really you know wanting to do the project yeah and like those are the things where you like you know you kind of do pump yourself up and then you also set kind of high expectations but yeah yeah exactly so like just to recap like i got coaching on the day of the audition Mm -hmm. so i felt really game plan going into the whole thing um you know and then i had like an hour break beforehand so I had I went back home basically to this place. Not sure if you guys know, but this is this is my apartment here. Yeah. Um, and uh, came back, had a light lunch and everything like that, and felt good going in. 
you know, not overly confident because you never want to be that cocky asshole going into the uh, going into the audition room. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, unless I guess you're playing a cocky asshole, then you right. are, then you want to channel the douchebaggery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, so then I I went in there, did my thing at the audition, and it felt really good going in there. Um, I thought I presented well, but you know, it's been about a week or so, close yeah. close to a week's time, and. I think by about now, because I did hear some of my other actor friends who have had callbacks, yeah. and some of them have booked roles on that movie. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I didn't get, you know, of course I didn't get a callback, but I'm pretty sure I didn't, like, book a role on that. Okay. And the whole point of, like, this this thing that I'm feeling right now is just yeah. a, a hint and it's a recurring theme that you always have to go through in our creative endeavor, but it's a feeling, constant feeling of rejection. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it gnaws at you, man, because you only feel rejection for things that you actually really do want. Yeah. And I can tell that was like, that was one of the different things about yeah. this audition. Cause you've been on, this isn't your first audition. So no. You've done, no. On, you've done others before mm-hmm. and other, on other ones, you, you have like probably varying degrees of interest in them. Sometimes yeah. you just got to go on all these auditions just to i guess get experience but also you know try and get a paycheck at the end of the day a project is a is a project yeah but yeah. like i yeah i can't imagine how different it would be if it's something that you actually really wanted to get yeah 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 then not being able to get it and hmm. yeah i mean who knows right like maybe maybe like they yeah. might have somebody maybe they have you on short list it's like a lot of this i think it's just it's tough to really know exactly like yeah. where you stood, <laughs> and it's, For it's sure. tough to know exactly you know what were the decisions made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, behind that role, and, and just the whole thing we were just discussing before before recording this episode was just man w- with this with this thing that we're in. You know, you being a comedian, me being an actor, you have to have unwavering confidence in your yeah. own self, even if you don't have that. At the very least, you have to believe that something else is going to happen that right. you don't even see or know that or th- that you have proof of. Yeah. You know, and can you stomach that? You know, can you in constant rejection? Because as an actor, I- I'm sure it's different for a comedian. Right. Um, but as an actor, you go to maybe like 20 auditions. You might not even book one. That's the whole thing. Yeah, it might be like one out of one out of thirty sometimes, or you might not even get an audition for like a month or so, and that's when it really starts gnawing at you. It's like, can you do this? Can you can you stabilize yourself and center yourself still, and yeah. and try to still somewhat believe in yourself? And and it's it's a hard thing to grapple with. Yeah, especially because it's it's not like you're doing one audition for one role for one project yeah. with the same script with the same, you know. Um, environment yeah yeah over and over and over again like each of the auditions are unique each of them are different yeah, so yeah. it's almost like you can't even it's not even something you can you know identify as the key steps that you know will lead you to you know success if it's something like a yeah. sport like you know you can understand the fundamentals of the game mm-hmm. you can work on specific aspects of that game to get yeah. better and the more you practice you can get better and better mm-hmm. and like to a certain degree like you could the more you practice at acting mm-hmm. you'll you will be better yeah, yeah as yeah. a whole but that still doesn't necessarily mean you'll always get the role in the auditions yeah. because it'll always it'll end up just being like 
you know, like the elusive chemistry or <laughs> like how, how so much so the artist or the, the direct director or casting director is like actually see you in that role. So yeah, yeah. it, yeah, I can imagine it being like, like you have to like as an actor and an actress, yeah, yeah, you have to have this sense of like pragmatism, I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it comes to approaching these auditions, right? Because, like, you have to understand you're not going to get every single one. Yeah. And there are things outside of your control. Yeah. But while at the same time, you also have to have this, like, unrealistic self-belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you'll still be able to get it. It's, it's like a mix of both, I would imagine. And right. Like, like I, I was listening to this, like, Conan O'Brien's podcast, and he had Sarah yeah. Silverman on recently. Mm. And uh, Sarah Silverman, like, like, had this one point. It's like she was in this lull where... um. You know, and, and I'm quoting her too. She said, "Like there's sometimes this like four month break where, um, you as an actor, you don't know whether your next project's going to come or not. Inevitably, it will come sometime. Yeah. But like, man, these next four months, like, can you ride the emotional waves that are going to go with you? Yeah. Because like you're fretting about rent, you're fretting about groceries, you're fretting about like your lifestyle things, and it's like shit. Should I have just like gone into banking?" Yeah, yeah, I know. It's um, cause, cause I, like, I went to a um, similar, similarly titled like making it panel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the um, JFL Forty Two Festival last year. Nice. So the JFL Forty Two is a Just for Laughs comedy festival in Toronto. Yeah. That has like forty two acts. I think wow. that's what the thing is. Uh, like a bunch of different degrees of like headliners, some bigger names, some uh, yeah. other names, and there was like one panel that had. Uh, Jen Kirkman, Scott Morrill, Morrill, Morrill. Oh man, <laughs> I, I'm actually not too sure exactly how that's pronounced. Uh, <laughs> and then Adam, I think Adam Christie, who later won the uh, Sirius XM Top Comic Contest uh, in cool. Canada and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I think that's also a goal of mine in a couple of years to to have enough material to be able to try and get into that, that competition because nice. that's like a Canada wide competition. Yeah, yeah, uh, but more or less for professional comics. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say, like, on that panel, it was a kind of thing where, like, they they were also kind of iffy about the title. Yeah, yeah. All the comics there was like, ugh. I don't know if you can make it in in stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no real definitive, um, you know, uh, point where you can say you've made it. And, like, say, like, Jen Kirkman has had, like, a long... Uh, career doing co- stand-up comedy yep. she's had varying degrees of like you know starting out in boston and then doing a bunch of different um shows getting getting like um more and more high profile gigs and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then but like i think what she said is she's still i think there's still to a certain degree sometimes where you're not too sure you know at what point is have you made it like i guess she, i think she might also, also have said she didn't really define herself yeah, yeah. at this stage as something having to focus on that right right it's it's more about the, the work um and i think something else uh some of the other comedians also said was that like also like not really defining making it but more or less just seeing what your schedule is for the next couple months yeah like, if you yeah. can if you can have That's a good point your schedule filled with dates then yeah, yeah. then you're happy as a as a comic yeah 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 and but yeah, like similarly with the projects thing is like mm-hmm. I would imagine just fluctuating between how much your schedule allows you to do certain projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Means like you can't really book, 
you know, too many projects ahead of time oh, or man. else you'll miss opportunities on other Tell stuff. Tell me about it. I was about to say this, like, last episode, too. But as anyone that's starting out, like you as a comedian, me as an actor, your greatest weapon is not going to be your content yet. It's mm. going to be your availability. Right. Like, yeah. man, if you are constantly booked with either work or future trips or wedding plans and all that stuff, yeah. like, forget about your creative endeavors mm. because you don't have the chops yet to make it big in any kind of creative endeavor. Yeah. Your, your presence is the best presence right now. So if you can't right. even commit to anything like a commercial, an audition, or, yeah. a, or a shoot, dude, forget about it, man. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love what you're doing right now, man. You're just setting yeah. yourself open to go to as many open mics as you can. And that's what yeah. you have to do, man. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. Like, I try to pick and choose different shows that I would like to do. And obviously, I think I prefer booked shows ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, even then, I still feel like I have to go out to more. I think this, in February, mm-hmm. I'll have three shows that I know I booked ahead of time. Yep. But um, awesome. I'll I'll want to try to hit more uh, open mics during the weeks, or mm-hmm. at least go to more shows that I haven't gone to yet. But I think I know the producer of yeah yeah just to go to the show and like you know uh, re- like you said like represent that you know I'm interested in doing the show and it's yeah. not just over Facebook or over over For internet sure man um but yeah so I no yeah in, in terms of like your the, yeah. your ideas of um, rejection when it comes to stand-up comedy like Mm -hmm. you have to go in not only with the understanding that like you may not you know get very far in terms of big opportunities Mm -hmm. early on for the first few years but not only that like just the mere fact that whether or not you're funny or whether or not you're a good stand-up comic yeah yeah, that takes a lot of rejection yeah uh anyways Mm -hmm. like just just going on stage and not knowing what's funny, trying what trying what you think is funny, yeah, yeah, and seeing what the audience reacts. That's like every moment you think something you th- you're about to say is funny and it's not funny. <laughs> that's essentially rejection. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you go into like the anatomy of a bomb? Well, well, you can bomb anyway, anyway, yeah. any any potential. I mean, some some bombs aren't even your fault, <laughs> right? <laughs> like sometimes it's just the sometimes it is the there is an audience makeup could be like something maybe in the news or something big that might have happened recently like Mm -hmm. just it's something that could have happened that's like a downer that's on everybody's minds in Mm -hmm. an audience they may not be in the right mindset to listen to certain jokes right 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 um i i mean even with the kobe thing that just happened like on that day i remember seeing in the facebook like community of toronto comics is like you know some shows later on that night. I didn't go to any shows that night. Yeah. But some some shows later on that night, like there were some comments here and there saying it's like, oh, you know, people are making jokes about Kobe and like the the situation, and it's like, uh, some pe- some comics were not happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. people in the community were like, you know, it's it's not really tasteful to do that now. Uh-huh. You know, um, I don't know how those jokes went across, but I right. can imagine that it's such a big news type of thing. It was such a huge tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Involving like other people and like, especially when it involves like kids as well. Yeah, it's like the audience man is not just in the right mood to mm-hmm. hear those types of jokes. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not able to somehow balance the line between like classy or not classy or 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 like jokes that were kind of in memory of yeah you know kobe or or like 
spoke or spoken or done in a way where it's not you know taking advantage of of the tragedy or yeah, the news yeah is like then the audience will just not react and that's that in essence is just like a bomb where you know the audience isn't isn't feeling it okay so sometimes you could go through in that in setting you could you could do your your standard set that you know works right but it's just for for whatever reason each audience will be different um so that's a situation where the bombing may not be your fault yeah 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 sometimes you there's bombing where like the the comedian before you either really <laughs> yeah. like got in it with the audience so yeah, like yeah. they were like swearing at the or whatever and like i remember they that destroyed the mood yeah, yeah yeah if they destroyed the mood and you go on and like you're not able to recover from that or if you're not able to address kind of the tension make a joke about the tension like what just happened it's like that was crazy yeah yeah and like if you're, I guess, if you're not experienced enough to do that, <laughs> then it's like then the audience is also not thinking about what you're talking about, and yeah. they're not able to laugh at what you're doing. So you could bomb that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could also bomb if a comedian right before you is killing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing a bunch of jokes that the audience is just laughing their ass off. <laughs> but it's like jokes that aren't your style. Right. Right. Like if they're doing uh, like a bunch of outrageous stories, like I guess for me because my style is a lot more. <laughs> A more dry, slower paced. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I try to put in more like clever twists here and there. Mm-hmm. Like if if I go on after somebody who is much more high energy, they're talking about stuff like more, I guess, more sex jokes, more, more yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. That's not necessarily the same vein as my material. Mm-hmm. And the audience loves that material. Like if I go on and do my stuff, yeah. it may not resonate as well yeah and then yeah, yeah. the audience is also just like oh, i don't want to listen to this i want i want that other guy so you could bomb that way it's so true like i, I remember going to um <laughs> a comedy store one time in la and uh man joey diaz man that guy oh, tore yeah. it up it, but yeah. he was like right in the middle of the whole like i don't know uh scheduled comedian set list yeah. and everything yeah right in the middle so whoever followed him man although that guy was amazingly funny too but it kind of speaks to him because like i don't remember his name i don't remember any of his jokes yeah but like if you follow joey diaz yeah oh my god good luck man yeah there are some there are certain like comics like that where they're able to capture the the energy of an audience and like magnify it based upon their jokes (laughs) i think i think i'm not i'm definitely not at that stage where i can uh kind of manage like high energy type of thing yeah, yeah, yeah which is why i also don't really imagine myself doing many like big stadium type of things mm-hmm. i can see myself more in theaters yeah yeah where like i kind of like to bring the audience down to my tempo <laughs> so it's kind of like i'll start off like a lot of my sets with literally just saying hello <laughs> and then my name's josh yang or like yeah. hello and then i go into the jokes but like that kind of like i see it as it sets the tone mm-hmm. pretty quickly yeah and after my first joke second joke also you can kind of tell immediately like oh okay this guy is like he's a little slower he's more meticulous <laughs> like uh-huh. his jokes are more like clever mm-hmm. in that vein so it's not uh, like uh, it's other not so in your face it's not it? so in your face yeah, yeah. so it's like i i like to do that where i rely on the writing of the jokes mm-hmm. to get the humor across and yeah. then i bring the audience down to the, my l- layer of uh comedy yeah 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 and then keep them in that mindset awesome so granted which is why i kind of i think i might prefer starting 
out earlier in yeah. sets. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. In like in shows, just because then the audience doesn't have any expectations. Yeah, yeah Exactly yeah. of how the show is going to trend. Okay. And like I can set the expectation for my material, uh-huh. and then somebody later, if they're like a bigger character, then they can do that. Yeah, so yeah. Their, their own, um, their own style. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, for sure. Like I think comedy order, or at least like where you are in the whole in the whole nightmare, matters so much. Like yeah. I, I can't. As of right now, though, I, I can't imagine you like being at the tail end, mm. especially if like so many comedians are like high energy comedians going in. Yeah, and then it just be a totally different kind of energy level. Yeah, I think you do have to kind of like obviously uh, cater and curate the lineup depending on the headliner mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think well the the one situation where I've been told in like kind of the comedy class that I took is mm-hmm. that in in the makeup of um, of uh, a comedy show and yeah. structure, usually you want somebody who's experienced and good to start off the top. Yep, yep. Because then it's like it starts off strong, so people are laughing already, mm-hmm. and you have to have a good host, of course, because yeah. then the host keeps the laughter going. Yeah, yeah. And then the host, if one comic, especially in like a pro am or an amateur night, mm-hmm. especially if if one amateur comic bombs. And then it's just only going to kind of multiply the next one if the next comic isn't as funny as well. Yeah. So the host needs to be able to read the audience where, like, if if it's obvious that one comic bombed mm-hmm. and then the crowd is kind of out of the mindset of, like, in that humorous mood. Yeah, yeah. Then the host comes in, does a couple of minutes to get the audience back into nice in the joke hearing yeah. mentality mm-hmm. to let the next – to give the next comic a chance. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, in, I think in those settings, amateur nights, t- that type of thing, you want a good comic leading up. Uh, and mm-hmm. then your better comics later on as well. Yeah, yeah. So that they can build up to the headliner right, in right. that situation. Yeah. I remember, like, uh, a friend, actually, she's in town right now. She used to, like, curate film festivals. Okay. And it's somewhat, like, the same thing. Like Interesting, yeah. Your, your book ends, your, fr- your beginning and also at the end of the film festival should have, like, the biggest blockbusters, at least the or the, yeah. the highestly praised ones, like Joker, you would have it at the very beginning of your festival, mm-hmm. and then followed up with at the very end, like Parasite. Everything yeah. else in the middle, it's like if they do well, they do well. If they don't, then it's okay. They're right. kind of like brushed away. But your book ends; they have to be killers. Yeah, man. that's true. That's the same. It's the same concept with um, structuring a set mm-hmm. as well. You want to yeah. usually it's you want to start off with a quick joke mm-hmm. so that you get the audience immediately like on your side. Yeah. Because pretty much they're wait. The second you go on stage, they're waiting for you, you to make them laugh. And yeah. if you make them wait too long, I know, uh, then they'll be like kind of checked out. Yeah. So you got to have like a quick, strong joke off the top. Yeah. And that's usually should be your second best joke. Right. You should always close with your best joke. Sorry, I'm just laughing because there's this one comedian we saw together that just made us wait too fucking long. Uh, (laughs) I guess. Uh, How are we at for time right now? Um, About 22 minutes, 23 minutes. Cool. Pretty close, pretty close. Nice. Yeah, it just... um, about just the whole thing of, like, bombing as an actor, too. Yeah. I mean, like, you don't really know you bomb until you don't get, like, a full scheduled, um, fully scheduled auditions or bookings coming through. So right now, like we had previously said before we started the episode, mm. there's a lot of things that are at our level that we don't know that yeah. are in the works. Um, 
And the whole thing about just having to trust in your own work and also trust in your agent, trust in your representation, yeah. that they have that stuff covered. But the whole thing about from a from this level that yeah. we're at, it's it's just incredibly hard to still be stable with it. To mm. not let your mind wander and not let your your mind spiral into thinking that yeah. you know you can't do this anymore and all that stuff. And so one of the things that I still really respect about you is that at least in the comedians world, like you still produce content, you still write jokes, you still keep oh, I yourself see. busy. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so the main thing that I do have to say that for me, I think one of the main things I do have to do is to just make sure I keep busy. You know, make right. sure that even if I don't have auditions, just at least keep on trying to memorize different scripts that I appreciate and everything like that. Work with different actors, make more episodes, yeah, and all that stuff, man. Or, or like, would, would you consider like uh, at the same time mm-hmm. producing or writing other, yeah. other like kind of like just writing shorts or or doing that kind of stuff as a creative outlet? Absolutely, man. And yeah, so like. Well, no, no one can see behind Josh, but like there are some scripts that I did oh, write right, yeah. like back there and all that yeah. stuff. Um, I'm in a collective right now with some of my film school buddies and oh, cool. we all produce and write together. Oh, sick. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, like what we're doing right now, never have yeah. your eggs in one basket because if that basket falls through, mm. you just kind of, kind of <laughs> self-manage yourself and hopefully it all goes through. But like, you know, I think we're at a, at a point right now, like. You know the comedian Andrew Schultz? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy is incredibly motivating in the sense that he's such a self-motivator and self-starter, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a very innovative person in terms of the uh, in terms of self-promotion yeah. and like getting content out there, the democratization of content, and like he has a very good way of like attracting viewers and an audience in today's age yeah yeah in how he releases content consistently and for free mm-hmm. of his sets or of his jokes yeah. and then later on once he's built an audience that's the audience that will come out to his shows live shows and he does a bunch of podcasts and that's like also you know a, no a great way of um showcasing yourself your personality to yeah, yeah. an audience and they can connect to you a bit more so that they're more willing to come out and see you no doubt uh, on your shows and um yeah so i don't I, i'm happy we're doing this podcast as well and oh yeah a, man that's a it's a good creative outlet there we are and um yeah we'll see where that where it goes from there sweet i think this is a good time to do a quick break be right back be right back uh welcome back to the backwards cap podcast mm-hmm. where we happen to have both worn backwards caps um no, actually, how I, how I was about to say how I <laughs> why again? I man? don't know how we've been we've been indoctrinated by how how I the met acronym. your mother. Yeah, yeah. The 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 cadence of it, where now it's like, oh, we got to change. Do have we made it yet? Podcast where mm-hmm. it's four episodes in. It's amateur hour with Lucas. I'm such an amateur, but um, yeah. Tell us about your hat, Josh. Yeah, my hat is the. Uh, oh I don't yeah, know if yeah, you can yeah. see. I don't know if you can see, but it's got the two, uh, 2019 Toronto Raptors championship. Uh, you know, a little logo there, mm-hmm. and that was uh, that was ugh, that was an amazing run. The Toronto Raptors winning the championship, <sighs> I unbelievable. Know. I unbelievable. know. We were together. We were together when we watched the final game. We weren't. I was we in Vancouver. Oh, no, no, sorry, I was in LA. <laughs> no, you were working. No, 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 no. I was in LA at the final game, game six. No, you. 
No, I was. I was. I was in L.A. You can ask Vanessa. I was on a plane looking what? at the score like this. Oh. I was flying into Vancouver. Why did I feel like I, I thought Dude, you were there? Dude, I appreciate there. that, man. Hell yeah. I always okay. imagine I always imagine my big moments in Toronto with you. Huh? But, I mean, like, we did watch the Game 6 Milwaukee series together yeah. at the Pines. Yes. That was a uh, fucking like, sauna. Oh, man. Ridiculous. It was humid outside, and then we were shoved in one little corner, and, and yeah. that was already, like, just drenching in sweat. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, that was, that was already, I think that was already, like, the feeling like we, that we made it. Yeah. That we, that as a Toronto Raptors, as a Toronto sports organization, we made it to the yeah. big leagues by yeah, finally yeah. making it to the finals, and that was an amazing. Dude. Reminds me of, like, our cup run, man, because we're, yeah. we're Vancouverites. You we know? are. We're Vancouverites. Vancouverites. Facts. Um, but, man, remember, like, when uh, we beat San Jose to go into the cup finals against Boston? Yeah. yeah. I, you know where uh, I was? I was, I was in the, the plaza outside. Oh, nice. Uh, in front of the CBC yeah. studio. There. Like, right by the, where, the old postal office. Yeah, where they, had that, Square. where they had the, um, the game up on the, on the panel. And yeah, I remember yeah. I, like, we were, I was there with my uh, friends. Uh-huh. We saw... The goal, well, actually, you know, we didn't see the goal because mm-hmm. it was so far away because yeah. the screen was smaller. Mm-hmm. But we just saw that, like, something, and then and then the odd, then in the screen, in the, the crowd cheering, and then we yeah. all cheered at the same time. It was like, oh, I guess it went in. Kevin BX got that goal, man. Yeah, that. that was, that was, uh, those moments were also pretty crazy. It's like, it's crazy to think how, yeah. like, sports, you know, it really does bring uh, people together uh-huh. from all different, like, walks of life and it's a, it's a great unifier in terms of you know your region your city no doubt um it feels like you can connect with anybody just as long in that moment because yeah. it's, because everybody in that moment is a winner because <laughs> you support the team that's where you, who you represent and i think it's in terms of like basketball and baseball because um yeah. you know toronto raptors uh toronto blue jays <laughs> like i i remember because i lived in hamilton before so i was oh, a, no way yeah when i was a really little kid before oh. my family moved out to vancouver uh-huh. and i think i remember the first team i had some recollection of was the toronto blue jays nice and that was when i moved to canada in 1994 mm-hmm. that was when i think that was the second season where they won the back-to-back Ooh, world series but i don't think i don't think i was ever that exposed to it i think my parents were also just recently immigrated there as yeah. well so they maybe they weren't too uh, aware of it right but i definitely remember blue jays you know being a team that I was semi-aware of later when I was, you know, as I got a little older. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think the Raptors as well, I was always aware of them. <laughs> and, like, in Vancouver, I was never fully aware of the Grizzlies. I never saw a Grizzlies game. Never? Oh, No, guess, because they yeah. left. Yeah, yeah, And I was yeah. young, and, you know, they left. Mm-hmm. So I don't have that affinity with the Grizzlies. But when it comes to baseball and basketball, the, the Blue Jays and the Raptors are my teams. But hockey, of course, is still vancouver canucks nice they're ripping it up this season too, man this season is like oh we have some great yeah players man. just elias petterson quinn hughes yeah Professor. even markstrom looking. man markstrom's finally oh coming God. in yeah. yeah so wow that was a bit of a tangent <laughs> yeah yeah oh um also just if we're still talking about hats there yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no i want to know your hat I so know your hat. um ask her uh it's clarington funds they're not a sponsor yet but <laughs> they are <laughs> were they do they sponsor sure. uh, podcasts hey, of, man. like put it out to the universe man you don't know this thing's gonna go far man 
outer reaches of this world, Claritin Funds is going to give us a call soon. Yeah. Uh, they're the best in uh, free golf swag. Oh, wow. I think my dad got it one day when he was playing yeah. golf with his clients. Yeah. And I just took it because these dad hats are now in style. Look at this clasp. Usually, like, usually oh. they're plastic, but this one's actually metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High quality. They know how to do their swag, so shout That's out true. to Claritin I, Funds. Like, every time I see the hat, that hat does look like it, it was well-made. Yeah. 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 And it's, like, it's just enough off-brand where it feels like it's it's in in line with the fashion of nowadays. <laughs> and, um, yeah, which, like, the fashion of nowadays, I'm, I'm just confused about. Because it seems like... Let's see... <laughs> It just seems, it just seems like, it just seems like what was what was like dorky and uncool when I was a kid, like yeah. tucking your shirt in, mm-hmm. or like wearing long long shirts that long shirts, yeah, yeah, like you know how certain like shirt or like floral pattern shirts, yeah, dress shirts that kind of stuff. Whereas like that, I can imagine being in like elementary school, middle school, or like high school. It's like, oh, that that's just you get bullied for it. Yeah, yeah. And now it's cool to do that. Yeah. Which I feel, you know, slightly betrayed. Why though? Like, I can I can see you pulling off floral. Well, I mean, okay, floral, fine, but just the, mainly the tugging the shirt in. I mean, come on. I mean, like oh. that's that's just what, that's unfair, isn't it? Well, I, I guess. Okay, are, are you more cheesed because like? You used to do that, and you would have been made fun of and bullied. But now it's like if you did it now, you'd be like, "Whoa, you're so ahead of the time. You're fashion nova right here, man." I just find it interesting how fashion of what people think is like, oh, masculine or uh, or uh, feminine, yeah, yeah, styles of fashion is constantly not not only just changing, but like reverting the opposite of what it was before. No, for sure. Like yeah. now, which is odd. Like. N- now 90s fashion is back and yeah. it's cool mm-hmm. whereas 90s fashion in the 2000s was uncool yes to a certain degree like you know like kind of like mom jeans if you yeah. wore mom jeans and you were in like middle school uh-huh. you would be deemed uncool yeah 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 but if you wear mom jeans now they're part of the trend they're part of the fashion right but i, I think it really depends on who's wearing it though like it, 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 if, it, a, if a mom legit, well, I don't know. No, like if a it like if a if a teenager wore yes, mom jeans, you have to wear it ironically. No, it's not even ironic now. No, no, like imagine like like my phone's going off. Um, like just looking at glasses, glasses style. Uh-huh. Like one of our friends has these like huge frames, and she looks ironic wearing it because like her her look and everything like. Okay. I, I just I just don't want to say the name because it's oh, okay. That's, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if I know off of just glasses, but that's but, okay. Have you have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. Um, Napoleon's uncle. Okay. Remember his glasses? Oh wait, hold on. I don't know why I said yes because I never watched. <laughs> I don't know why I said yes. I feel like I feel like what you said was like. Do you know Napoleon Dynamite, the character? And I'm like, oh. in my head, is like, yeah, I know what that character is. But then you started, uh-huh. it's like, no, but I actually haven't watched the movie. Oh my god, I don't, I don't know why I completely just said yes. I have watched the movie. I know exactly what you're about to say. Uh-huh. Where I don't know, I don't know what you're. About um, to say. I'm, I'm just about to. Uh... Oh, okay, yeah, this, this guy. Oh, 
Okay. So, Wait, so that, that, okay. okay maybe I can kind of see it where it's like the, the button up shirt. Yeah. And yeah. Like maybe the weird glasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> can you, is that going to be, yeah. is that going to make enough of an impression? Oh, uh, so, okay. I'm just talking about the glasses there, but we have a friend that she wears the exact same glasses. Right. I mean, first of all, like she, she looks really cool wearing them, yeah. but I can imagine a person that's like 50 years older, probably 60 years old or something yeah. like that. Wearing those glasses, they just look stupid in whatever. That's whatever also kind of, that's also kind of like the Dwight, Dwight Schrute, uh, from the office type of glasses. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, it's not only that it's like off color jackets or shirts. Like I remember walking into like a Nike store and they've got these old, like plastic puffies, you know, uh, kind of sports slash jackets where yeah. they're like all clashing colors, teal, purple, white, or whatever. <laughs> and I just remember that being like indicative of nineties fashion. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden now it's something that's popular again now. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know objectively if that actually looks good, right. but for some reason it's be- become like a counter. Now I'm sounding a bit like a, like the okay boomer. Yeah. Like, why am I complaining? You know why I'm complaining about it why? a little bit? It's just the hypocrisy of how, like, our culture is like viewing whatever something is uncool or cool. It's just like, it's just what it is now. Like, what is uncool now will be cool in 10, 15 years. And what is cool now will just be uncool again in 10, 15 years. So, really, what am I trying to say? I have no idea. Okay. Josh. I don't know what my point is. <laughs> For some reason, I have specific opinions yeah. that don't amount to anything. Tell us, anyways. You, yeah, tell us how you really feel about 2020 fashion. Man. Maybe it's because I just wish I could pull it off, and I just can't. Maybe Yo. that's a, maybe oh. maybe that's what it is. Are we talking ego now? I don't know. Maybe it is my ego. Maybe maybe on a certain level where I just feel like, oh, I'm just jealous that what what you know. I just not maybe I just don't feel like I can pull off what is the cool because I'm a, I have a very basic I I'm totally happy with like a clean basic style yeah like like I guess Uniqlo I'm not, stuff would, would yeah literally literally oh yeah you really do everything I'm wearing is more or less Uniqlo because uh-huh. the quality is good we're not sponsored okay we're not sponsored by them but what yeah. I'm saying is that the quality is good it's uh-huh. really affordable I have T-shirts that I bought seven years ago from Uniqlo that is still pretty good. So I, I refuse to buy anywhere else. But other than that, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Maybe I guess it's like when I tuck my shirt in, it just it just accentuates my stomach, my belly. Oh, maybe it's like, I don't know. Okay, fine. Josh, you know maybe. what? You know what? Maybe it is the ego peeking out where I'm like, I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous. What are you jealous of, though? I don't know. You said people who can pull it off, but like. Is that just an idea that you have for your own body shape, your own ideal body shape? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it's like, okay, my interpretation of a, of an ideal body shape, whatever, whatever that even means. And, you know, pop culture, like ripped yeah. or being ripped or whatever is like, it's also a similar idea to like, have we made it yet? It's like, it's almost like, it's not really, yeah. you know, it's just, oh, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. always the thing. It's like, what's good enough? Nothing's yeah. ever going to be good enough. Yeah. 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 Right. So that's Socrates saying, it's like, there's no such thing as the ideal cow. What? <laughs> well, like, like there's no ever such thing as perfection. It's like the ideal cow is perfection. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. He, he. Is I that, don't know. Is like that? ideal X object. I, I think he said cow. Okay. But like, to, <laughs> I guess cows are really big at his time. I yeah. guess Socrates just wanted a perfect cow. Yeah. Like just a cow that could give him milk and 
taste good, but then if you eat the cow, then it stopped being... You know what I recently, like within the past two years, really figured out the saying of, and you touched on it? Yeah. It was, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know what? No. See, I learned this. I learned this about that. You can't... Okay. So what you just said, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Right? Uh That's actually a popularized... Uh, misquote of the original Get quote. out of here. Yeah. I learned that off of uh, the Netflix series, um, um, uh, what is it? Manhunt, the Unabomber, which, oh. I, which funny enough, is a sponsor of our show. Um, so watch that on Netflix. But um, no, it's not. Please don't sue us. It's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, in that, where Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, mm-hmm. Uh, he is like almost like uh, an intellectual who's all up in his head and yeah. like, oh, he wants things. To, he he wants people to think that they're clever, mm-hmm. that that he's smarter than everybody else. Which, in essence, is a little bit of my ego, but I'm not that not that to that certain degree. But what I did learn through that is that he used mm-hmm. very specific terminology and way of speaking. In that, he, the original phrase, you know, everybody thinks is. Uh, is you can't eat your cake and have it too, right? That's mm-hmm. the one? Uh, oh, no, well, you, you can't, can't have, have your cake. cake and eat it too. Yeah. The original is actually you can't eat your cake and have it too. Yeah, which I think has the same meaning, right? It's, a, no, it's different because it's like, because grammatically, Matt, you uh-huh. can't eat your cake and have it too supposedly is more grammatically you makes more sense than you can't have your cake and eat it too. Because, okay, okay. Because oh, okay. eating yeah. the cake is <laughs> is the action that like happens to that cake. Yeah. So that once you've ate the cake, you can't subsequently want um, to have the cake again. Yes. You can't the cake is not there anymore. So okay, sorry. So w- what's the proper saying then? The proper saying is like you, you can't, can't eat your cake and have it too. Okay. Whereas the popularized misquoting of it is you can't have your cake and eat it too. Okay. So, so the, the, for some reason, it just switched uh, mm. completely the other direction. Uh-huh. And it's, it's I don't know, uh, they said when it happened. In, I think it happened like early 1900s. Man, that's some Mandela Effect stuff that's going on then, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that like the Mandela Effect where it's like the Berenstein Bears? Yeah. It's like Bernstein <laughs> or whatever. Fruit Loops? How do you spell Fruit Loops? Don't fuck with me. No, no. How, how do you spell Fruit Loops? Don't fuck with me, Lucas. <laughs> do it. What are you trying to say? Do, do it, do it. Fruit? No, stop it. Do it. F R U I T. Okay. Have I lost it? Uh, just, just go on. Just go on. And then L O O P S. The O's are C. Close. Close. No, what the O's are the. Uh... Oh no. Okay. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. No, that's fine. You know what? That's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, and just for everybody else, this is how you spell Fruit Loops. It's F R O O. T L O O P S. I don't. I don't know. We we have to come up with a better way of showing what we're saying. If anything, we'll have to edit it in. I don't know if that'll work. Yeah. We'll try. Uh, okay. Basically, for the audio listeners, we, we show <laughs> oh, yeah, up yeah. the Fruit Loop. We should also be mindful of that. <clears throat> yes. It's a process. It's a process. This yeah. will get better. Um, but okay. Yeah. Granted. Yeah. Fruit with the F R O O T yep. loops L O O P. Well, I mean. <laughs> okay. All right. But yeah, the that that well, I I don't even know if it is in a Mandela effect on the have your cake and eat it too. True, eat your cake. true. I think it's just it just it was just um, said <laughs> the other way, mm-hmm. and then I, people just only heard it in that way. Yeah, but I found that I saying still pretty profound, though. Yeah, I like, mean, either way, it's just saying you can't have the best 
you can't have everything. You can't have the both, best of both worlds. Yeah. Like what you said about the cow. It's like you can't have the perfect cow. But if you eat it, then you don't have the cow anymore. It's, yeah. It's yeah. just... We actually had like a list of things we wanted to talk about in the second half of the podcast, but like I am really vibing on this chat that we have right now. Wait, so, um, the, the common form of the proverb is incorrect, <laughs> and instead prefer you can't eat your cake and have it too. Indeed, this used to be the most common form when it was overtaken by the happy. Okay, I'm right. Okay, yeah. For yeah. a second there, I, I thought I was wrong where i had it mixed up but I, yeah it, it is you can't eat your cake and then have it too <laughs> that's the or the actual full thing is you can't eat your cake and then still have it too that sounds like such a mouthful i know but like yeah. essentially in terms of the the structure of the True. grammar yes, that's yes. technically what it should be okay um but yeah um what but were your yeah, thoughts well, on the super bowl i guess that was what we wanted to get into <laughs> yeah but like okay so <laughs> What? Whatever. <laughs> it's still. It was still good conversation. Yeah. Uh, okay. So basically, what the Super Bowl is like. What we. I mean, we touched on ego because I think that's what we wanted to get into with the whole concept of rejection and how you <laughs> feel about your ego. Yeah. And stuff like that. But like, there was the moment. Yeah, you got a hair right there. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You got it off. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Quality. Just quality content for the, <laughs> for the podcast. Just. Just get that hair out of the way. Yeah. Um. But, um, oh, my God. <laughs> but, okay, so the thing that happened during the Super Bowl is when the uh, 49ers scored their, like, 20-point the, the the uh, touchdown. touchdown yep. Their last touchdown that they scored. <laughs> the Almost the entire offensive line would just ran to the end zone and posed in a way that it was like, you know, they won the championship. Almost <laughs> like, you know, the Stanley Cup people crowd around together in front of reporters and like make a pose and stuff yeah and that was the moment where like somebody else in our group what we were watching was like oh and that now that they've showboated like that yeah, yeah before yeah. the end of the game they're gonna lose the game because mm-hmm. like there's just something about like jinxing yourself when you showboat like yeah, you think yeah. you won but the game's not over oh, and then the 49ers got shellacked yeah in seven minutes Mahomes, man Oof. That was good. But, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, in that situation, we we wanted to use that to tie into the discussion of ego. The The 49ers' ego got yeah. ahead of themselves. <laughs> and it just ended up being, um, yeah. So what what was it again? Okay, so yeah. what, what we wanted to talk about was, like, how rejection, how in terms of how we take rejection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I, I would say just, just for me, though, I... I really have to find a way to differentiate between the art of the craft, whereas, sorry, the, the distinguish between the craft and myself. Um, and the most explicit example is, I am not an actor. I am a person who acts. And I think what I feel with the whole ego thing is that the moment I invest my own identity into a thing that is incredibly volatile, such as acting then that's when it starts get, to get really dicey. So when I don't get a project, when I don't do well in audition, or even if I don't even do well in an acting class, mm. then I take that personally. Whereas I should just take it as, that's a facet of myself. I, I do this to to alleviate some kind of um, creative steam that I have, mm-hmm. but it is not me. And the moment we put ego into our craft is when we start failing or at least make ourselves really susceptible to start feeling like shit. 
but the, the, I, I agree to a certain degree for acting mm-hmm. uh, because you don't want ego in your craft mm-hmm. because that ego gets in the way of whatever the character needs mm-hmm. that you're you're acting out in yeah. terms of getting that across. Yeah. So whatever, whatever the if the character needs a performance where it's you know not is more reserved mm-hmm. it's not so like driven where it's like oh look at how good of an actor i am true true like you'll get a better performance out of it yeah i think i think stand-up comedy is ego driven oh yeah to a certain degree okay because each comic has a certain propensity to want attention mm-hmm. even even if like you kind of need to have that mindset where you want you see yourself mm-hmm. being the center of attention because yeah. in a situation when you're doing a set mm-hmm. you are the center of attention yeah you are commanding the room whether mm-hmm. it's a small room or a large room for those five seven ten fifteen you know half hour 50 minutes yeah yeah however your show is mm-hmm. you are the center of attention and you have to be comfortable in that center of attention so your mm-hmm. ego has to essentially want it yeah right so most comics if not all comics are to a certain degree ego driven now in terms of the i think in terms of the success of comics Mm -hmm. i think there are different ways of of utilizing that ego i think i think for me i have this weird thing where i'll i'll kind of admit it now and it's something i i want to try and not fall susceptible to Mm -hmm. because i don't uh i don't want to be that kind of person where i constantly compare myself yeah 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 but to a certain degree before every show or when i do a show or after a show i want to do the best set that i can do Mm -hmm. in terms of what my objectives are going in yeah yeah to be the best set or have the best set of the night like to be the funniest but again that's also antithetical to almost the point of stand-up comedy which is like it everybody has such their own style their own their own jokes their own mannerism it's mm-hmm. hard to compare you can't yeah you can't be to, to be successful you have to be incomparable but okay to that point though what, what are your thoughts on like shows like last comic standing see that's also that's also in, that's interesting because it's like yeah. in such a subjective art form exactly you can't you almost can't uh judge people at the same level mm-hmm. you can judge people at different levels yeah right like you can see obviously the difference between one comic who um who maybe when they perform this that they're not as confident do it mm-hmm. in terms of like you know how they present themselves yeah maybe in terms of just the joke writing not necessarily is like there is enough of a twist enough of just kind of the technicals on that side that yeah. you can judge based on that mm-hmm. but it, i think once you get to a certain degree to a certain level yeah yeah of professionalism within the art form it's hard to judge because then it's just preference at that yeah stage. yeah because all the technical elements at that level pe- the comics will have enough experience to master to be to understand to be able to go through or mm-hmm. they'll have developed their own unique style enough to a point where they can control an audience and how they're viewed like yep. like how how i mentioned earlier you know i kind of don't see myself as a as a huge character high energy i'm not that kind of comic that's mm-hmm. not necessarily how i am personally yep. and it's not how i kind of write my jokes or perform my jokes mm-hmm. so it's like i have such a specific i would 
ideally like refine it later on but i would say my style is at least specific enough where it's like you know dry monotone based upon my you know just the drawl of my voice timbre of my voice but and, and like the writing style and stuff like that but like in the end i think right now in my stages like when i go out and do a show deep deep down inside i think my ego is that I want to be the best yeah. that night. Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of, in my head, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to objectively also listen and see what the other comics are doing. Yeah. 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 I, you know, and like, I, I usually like all the, pretty much like all the comics that mm-hmm. I worked with. Like even in the, in the rice show, I think all those comics there were, were really good. And like, we've gone through so many rehearsals together where like, I've seen them do their best, mm-hmm. um, stuff and, and everybody's really funny. And I think on the night of there are, there were some times where like, I would, uh, try to keep myself, you know, from thinking like that because that's mm-hmm. not, the, that's not the point right, to do that right. show. That show is like, at, we're all putting in a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, to do it and, you know, be very supportive of each other. And I think we all did a great, great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the other thing where it's like I wanted to keep my kind of competitiveness in check in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And, like, but I think, because I think that that's not that great in a in an environment where you want to be supportive of other comics. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it, there is something where if you get to a certain level where you want to be, you know, a high, like up there with the greats. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you, you do still have to have a certain degree of like, you want to do your best. Yeah. You yeah. want to be the best every show. And, and there's nothing wrong with having quality standards. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I think what, what you're doing is just like, of course your, your, your barometer is going to go, is going to go higher to, to a certain extent to what you know is going to kill, what you know is going to bomb. Mm-hmm. And you see that in other people, and you'll take bits. Oh, sorry, you won't actually like copy their bits or oh, anything like I that. Oh, I see. But yeah, at least you'll like take some of some cues. You'll just gleam some advice right. from them and everything learn, like that. Learn from uh, like how other comics are doing it, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And like I think in terms of that's the balance that I want to have in terms of utilizing how my ego is is perceived yeah. in, in how I perceive myself. Yeah. In to try and being a better comic. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the end, like, I still want to ultimately be the best comic that I can be. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to lie, I do kind of want people to recognize that I'm very good. Yeah, at hell least, yeah. At least. That's, that, at sure. this stage, I, I don't want to say, like, the best, because that's impossible. Like, mm-hmm. I'm only six months in. That would be outrageous for me to even say. Um, so, like, I got to keep that in check as, yeah. as we get going. But I think, you know, to, to a certain degree, like, that rejection yeah. side as well, mm-hmm. you have to balance it how you have to understand where your ego will take the hits yeah, yeah, and yeah. manage it. And, um, yeah, it's it's tough, tough, situ- tough balance to take either way for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think one of the main things about, like, keeping our ego in check is that even if we don't uh, sabotage ourselves, no, sorry, even if other people don't sabotage us, mm. um, I think our ego can get in the way that a lot of times we might even self-sabotage. Oh, yeah. Like, of course, I know, I know you're not doing that. But, like, sometimes maybe it's like, I think I am... So- you might think when you see another like comedian yeah. set, oh, I am so much greater than them. I have nothing to learn from them, and you kind of have this like disdain look, and right? Like that. And that's 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 also not. I don't think that's a good mentality because no. then because then you don't even know because yeah. every person's set is not, especially when you're working it out during open mics or even other smaller uh-huh. shows. They're not 
they may not necessarily be doing their best material. Yeah. Like, if you compare everybody's best of their best materials that they've done for years, <laughs> that's the point where it's like everybody's quality is so high mm-hmm. that it just evens out to preference. Exactly, man. So like that's what also why I'm trying to say is like I don't I don't want to act I don't want to like think I'm better than other comics because we're mm-hmm. not comparing our best of the best. Yeah, yeah. I think in just in terms of the show, I want to be able to be confident enough in my material to do the best I can with that material in that show. Hell yeah, man. But yeah, I think the that's the whole thing. I want to keep it keep keep my definitely got to keep my ego. Yeah, check. can't be too up there. Oh man. But yeah, never be that guy in the green room. That's like huh, good set, or never be that guy in the uh, audition room. It's yeah, like, fucking booked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody likes that guy. Um, but I think we're coming to the end of that. Awesome. End of this episode. Thank That's you. It. We'll be done. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.